I want to look at a scripture here in 1 Corinthians 15, 10. Paul said here, But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and His grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Now we will commonly use this in the way that I recently taught it and emphasize the grace of God working in someone. All right? And Paul is again saying here, I am what I am by the grace of God. Yet there's this element in here where he says, I labored more abundantly than everybody else. He qualified that by giving credit to whom credit is due. He said, yet it was really the grace of God in me, right? And, uh, and how many know that's, that's important? You're never going to operate in the grace of God if you think it's all you. If you think anything you do that you're, you're talented at, you're successful at, you're skilled at, if you think, that's just me, I work hard, and, and that's all there is to it. That's the day that grace starts deteriorating <laughs> as far as operation in your life. And, uh, but, but when we acknowledge that all things that are done right, all things that are done well, are by the grace of God, then you know, it has its place and it begins to work in us more and more and actually can increase. Uh, remember, uh, the scriptures talk about how God gives more grace. He resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. But there is more grace available to people. And you can enter into greater levels and realms of God's grace. Simply uh, meaning that you'll be better at everything you do. You'll be more effective. You'll have more success. You'll have uh, God's ability working in you. It can, it can be at varying, varying degrees. And so if you're like me, you want more grace. If you've ever tasted a little bit, you like it. And you think, more more, you know, fill it up again. <laughs> I have some more of that, Lord. And uh, look, look over at Acts chapter 9 with me as well. And so, and so Paul was what he was by the grace of God. I am what I am by the grace of God. Now, we can all agree with that because it says it pretty plain, hard to, hard to argue with the Scripture that plain and clear. Right, He was what he was by the grace of God. Did he ever mention anything in that verse that he did? Yes. He said, I labored more abundantly, yet not I but the grace of God in me. Okay. There is mention of something he did. Now, Acts chapter 9, uh, he was still called Saul in these days. His S, his P hadn't turned to an S. His P was still an S. Uh, he was after the Christians. He wasn't saved yet. Verse 3, as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He said, who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, arise and go into the city. And you will be told what you must do. 
And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one, but they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was uh, three days without sight, and neither ate or drank. And then God dealt with Ananias, told him to go meet him. Ananias put his hands on him. His eyes were, his sight was returned, and he was filled with the Spirit. All right? Now, Paul was what he was, how or why? By the grace of God, all right? Was, did Paul have anything to do with it? Uh, some of my questions might seem like trick questions <laughs> when I'm asking them this way. I don't mean it that way. But the answer is yes. He did have something to do with it. And we know when we talk about God's grace that that is all God. I have... I have no part in adding to God's grace. Nothing I do makes His grace better or, or anything of that nature. God's grace is what it is. By nature, it's free. It, and is, it is inherently powerful, effective, um, operative in my life because of God. However, there is a part that I have to play in. There's always the Godward side and the manward side. And, and my part is to believe all right. Within the word believe, sometimes in our society, we have disconnected the word believe from the word obey. All right. But really, they're not different. They're not to be separated. You, you see belief through obedience. Uh, the scriptures use the language of various people being obedient to the faith. Obedient to the faith. And, and so these things play right along. What if Saul, Paul, would have responded to this uh, encounter with the Lord and he said, you know what, first time I meet the Lord and I can't even see anymore. <laughs> I get knocked to the ground, I'm dirty and blind. <laughs> I am not going into any city. I don't want to have, I don't want to find out what the Lord wants to say to me next. You know what I'm saying? I mean, didn't he have that option? He did. That's why the Lord said, this is what you must do next. He said, what do you want me to do? I want you to go here. I want you to go into the city. That's the next step I have for you. If he would have ignored that, what would have happened? We probably never would have heard about him. What if he wouldn't have gone into the city? He would not have become what he became by the grace of God. Though when he did do what he was supposed to do, the grace of God began to work in him. God's grace has its full manifestation and, and, and serves its purpose in our lives when we do something with what God has told us to do. If I do not do what I'm supposed to do, God's grace does not go to work in my life. Everybody with me? I have an ability to resist God's will. I have an opportunity to say no. He's given us that prerogative. Now, as a believer, I can't... See, see if I say no to Jesus, period, as far as being the way, the truth, and the life, well, then I'm just not saved. I'm not in God's family. But once I'm in God's family, my saying no to the Lord does not remove me from God's family, but it does remove me from His grace working effectually in me to make me what He wants me to be. See, God has the end in mind. 
He has the end of your life. He has the fullness of the gift of God in your life, in mind. When He deposited it in you, and He put His uh, a, a seed of ability and potential and destiny in your life, He sees the end of, of the end of that. He, he saw what Saul could become, Paul. And write the, most of the New Testament and be the greatest influence on the earth in those days, right? He saw what he could become, yet he still gave him the word. He gave him a directive. He said, this is what you must do. Thank God he obeyed. See, were there some who didn't? I would, I would imagine so. Say, who are they? Well, we don't know about them because they didn't obey. All right, And I think sometimes when we talk about the grace of God, we might want to limit that and say, well, grace, that's, being, that's for salvation. That's for the forgiveness of our sins and eternal life. Most definitely it is, but also definitely not limited to that. And just like I obeyed the gospel, that's New Testament language as well, obedient to the faith, obeying the gospel. I obeyed the gospel. What do you mean? I believed. I believed and received my salvation and it changed my eternal destiny. I must also recognize that obedience to the directions and commands of the Lord are still essential for the grace of God to have its full work in my life. I do not get to a point and listen, the grace of God does not mean this, that I just, I accept the Lord and He's in my life, and now because of grace, it's just, there's nothing else for me to do. Because we say, well, it's grace, it's all God. No, it's God's grace coming to us and us acting upon it obediently, which causes it to go into motion. It causes my yieldedness and obedience to the voice of God causes God's grace to be operative and make me into that picture that God had from the beginning. There's no doubt that some people who we have highly admired in, in God's kingdom and looked up to, and we thought, man, they have got it all over them. They, they are such an example of God's goodness and grace. If we would have seen them at a point prior to that in their life, like before they gave place, We'd have said, why in the world did, would God want to use them? You know, if someone told us, you know what, I got to, the Lord showed me he's going to use that person. Oh, in a mighty, mighty way. We'd have thought, you are totally a false prophet. <laughs> but as that person listened to the voice of God and went to the city and whatever else the Lord said, as they do that, God's grace continually developed and worked in that person to cause them to be what they are. And they get done and say, I worked harder than most. Well, it really wasn't me. It was the grace of God in me. But you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. <laughs> but that's true with all of us. There's an element where we say, yeah, but I had to, I had, I worked hard. Yet it wasn't totally just me working hard, it was the grace of God in me. But that element is still there. What is it? It's called obey. And no matter how much God loves me and how much His grace has been poured out on me, if I don't heed the voice of God, heed His directions, my, I will miss out on His plan. 
One thing we don't realize sometimes as believers, talking about the church now, not just talking about the world. One thing we don't realize in making uh, assessments of others, which you always have to be careful about doing, you know, about judging someone because you don't know their heart and and everything else. Uh, One thing we don't know is what God has said to a person that they have repeatedly ignored. I don't know that about you. You don't you don't know that about me. Because I'm still God still loves you. You're still in his family. But 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 we we can't easily assess except for by revelation that if God has said something to one of us or or many of us and and we have just kind of pushed it aside. Pushed it aside. Pushed it aside. Pushed it aside. Are we still loved? Still in a family? Absolutely. God hasn't changed towards us. But every time we do that, we are not allowing His grace to make us into what we're supposed to be. And it's not a matter of God choosing not to and saying, you know, I just don't want to do that in you. And No, 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 no. It's about we say, Lord, what do you want me to do? And He says something. And it might be as small as go into the city. You know, I mean, that seems pretty insignificant at the time. You know, it might be something small. But if we ignore that, we've just cut off further direction. We've cut off what he wanted to do in us. And it it kind of stops at that point. And then sometimes someone might say, well, yeah, I kind of had that. But it was like a long time ago. Well, that's a long time ago to you. When you've been, when you're eternal, this is not really a long time ago. (laughs) With the Lord, a day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is a day. And so when he speaks, uh, and it, you know, was ten years ago, well, that's just like a second ago. Why why am I saying this? I believe that the Lord is dealing with folks in this service tonight to do some things. Or he's reminding you of things that he has dealt with you in the past about doing. And for whatever reason, it just hasn't been done. Hasn't been acted upon, hasn't been uh, heeded. And it's essential for you going forward to never take lightly anything that God says. Amen. Doesn't mean you're on the outs with the Lord. But... His grace is hindered in your life. Amen. What would, what would your... Let me, let me say it. Let me go back. Obedience affects many things. And I think sometimes within the, within the message of God's amazing love and grace, uh, we miss the truth... That, it, that it's God's grace that provides not just salvation, but everything. And so it must be laid hold of. What do I mean by that? When I have faith in God, which you know, faith is the hand of man, grace is the hand of God, these two come together, and kabam! When I trust Him for His grace to be operative in my life, that will manifest 
on a number of different levels. We know how it works in the sinner's life. Okay? In the believer's life, that grace, I trust you, Lord, can manifest in a word from God that needs to be obeyed. I'm trusting the Lord for a new, shiny, whatever. I'm believing God for a new this. I'm believing the Lord to provide this for my life. How will He answer that? How does God's grace manifest that? It might be that it shows up at your door one day. It might be, and I think this is somewhat common. It might be that the Lord gives you an assignment to do something. And He deals with you to act, to serve, to speak to this person, to do something in some area of your life. And we sometimes disconnect it. Saul could have disconnected this. Lord, go, that, that's what you did this for? Because you needed another person in the city? <laughs> He could have disconnected that and trivialized it and not done it and missed out on the whole plan for his life. And we could miss, when we pray and we seek and the Lord deals with us to do something, that obedience is what accesses the answer, the provision. You know, sometimes we have to reconcile the fact that Because of the finished work of the cross and the grace of God, all things are finished. All things are provided for in our redemption and and to sustain our lives all of our days and for eternity. That those things are finished and done, yet at the same time, the experience of them is connected to something we do in obedience. I mean, belief, same thing. In, in in obedience to what the Lord has said. Does that make sense? You know, it's like someone could say, what does my giving have to do with my prosperity, with my needs being met? Because you could really say, well, aren't I prospered in Christ? That's what 2 Corinthians 8 says. You know, Jesus was made poor that we might be made rich, and that's not talking spiritual rich. That's not contextual there. All right. So you could say it's already done in Christ. It is. Absolutely. And because of God's grace, it's still got to manifest in our lives. One of the ways those things happen is the Lord leads us, and He leads us by His Word and by His Spirit to give. Well, what if I don't? I just say it's done. It is because it's done that God has afforded you and I the opportunity to sow and reap. And then even when we do that, is that the end? It might be. It might show up on the door. You know, might show up in the mail. Might show, but it also might be you give and God gives you a word. You give and then in your prayer time, God shows, gives you a, a direction. He gives you an insight, gives you an idea, gives you a plan, gives you wisdom. What is wisdom? It's the grace of God. See, the Lord leads us in these ways and we have to... Not say, well, I'm just going to speak the word. You're speaking the word. Is your faith released? Your faith in what? 
in God, His grace, His provision. When you do that, that accesses the voice of God, the wisdom of God, the direction of God. Because I did that, now God will tell me something. You ever notice God doesn't tell you everything? Uh, yeah, I, I, I did notice that. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> well, there's different reasons why he shares one thing with one person but doesn't say it to someone else. Okay? There's different reasons. I mean, for example, uh, the Lord is going to talk to me because of my assignment as a pastor, as a minister. He's going to talk to me about things uh, about this church that he's not going to talk to other people about. Because that's the call and that's the assignment. Does that make sense? But on another level, so he does that with all of us. It depends on the plan of God for our lives. But why would he tell one person, hey, put your money here and it's going to, it's going to double in a week. And why, why, why do they tell everyone that? Well, many times, watch, those words are as they come as a result of someone believing him. They gave and he got, they, giving is an expression of faith. It is saying, I trust you. They gave and he responded, not just by sending them a check in the mail, because God moves in many ways. He gave them a word. He gave them wisdom. He gave them direction. Do we ignore that and say, no, no, I'm expecting a check in the mail. <laughs> That's how God's going to meet my, no, 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 no. You just go into the city. In other words, whatever he said that, you do that. And when we do that, bam, here's his provision, here's his stuff coming to pass, exactly like you prayed, exactly like you believed. Amen. Know that the answers that, that we seek sometimes from the Lord will come in many different ways. That's why there's so much value. You pray, you, pray, you stand, you believe, you give, you, you worship, you, do, you, you, do, you take your stand and you listen. Listen. You never, never separate faith from being led by the Spirit. This is a living relationship. It's an active relationship where He talks, we talk, and we commune with Him. And so constantly. See, sometimes in, in faith circles, we've become too robotic. Well, you need to say this X number of times to build your faith. You need to pray and pray it this way. And then say amen, and then daily, three times a day, you thank the Lord. And you, know, you know what I'm talking about? Those are all good principles, but too mechanical in the sense that we're talking with God. He's the one, it's His idea that we have this. It's His idea that we pray and receive what we ask. He's the one who said that. He, he's the one that takes joy in you being, uh, your prayers being answered. You know, remember John 15, you're being fruitful by having answers to your prayer. And uh, he's the one who said that. So when we pray and we believe and say, thank you, Lord, it's done. Oh, I give you praise. We're listening at the same time. Not trying to add anything to our faith or, or, or our belief, but we know that the Lord is directing us now. And he's going to tell us, go into the city. He's going to say, what if I don't hear anything? You got it. It's done. It's good. We, we believe. 
But we always are in communication with the Lord. Always in communion with Him. Always listening. He absolutely will tell you. Now, what if He tells you to do something that seems unrelated? It might not be un- as unrelated as you think. It might be much more connected. And so, uh, we value everything He says. Amen. I mean, you pray, for you pray, pray, pray. And the Lord said, I want you to get involved with the ushers ministry at church. But Lord, I'm praying for a job. <laughs> I'm just presenting a hypothetical. Now watch. All right, Lord, I'll do it. <laughs> get involved with the ushers. And you make some new relationships. And in conversation after church one day, you know, and uh, everyone's talking and what? Oh, you need a. You need a job. What's your skill? You know what? I know someone. In fact, I'm going to call them and tell them that they need to interview you. Could that situation play out? Absolutely. And yet, what does serving in the ushers have to do with anything? I'm just telling you, uh, God knows everything and He knows everybody. (laughs) He knows all the connections and all the opportunities. And uh, now don't make that the pinnacle of it right there, that illustration. I don't know if that's that's the way it's going to work in your life. Not that you shouldn't help with ushering, but (laughs) you know what I'm saying? But but the Lord may say something totally different, probably will. We've got to obey. Everybody say obey. Obey. Look at uh, 1 Samuel chapter 15. Why am I saying this? Let me reiterate. I believe the Lord is saying some things or and has said some things to various people and your obedience is a key to unlock the door. I'm just going to I'm just going to trust God. That is trusting God. I'm just going to believe in his word. That is believing in his word. How many know if God if the Lord says something to you in the spirit that's just as much God saying something as if you read it off the page. I don't mean we're writing extra pages for the Bible, but I'm saying if God said it, it, it's just as much His Word. It's just as powerful as a promise in the Scripture. So we act like it's true, and if the Lord ever tells you to do something, and He does, He tells us all to do things. He does, absolutely. He doesn't just call us just to be with Him, but then also to preach. You know what I mean by preach? I don't mean preach necessarily, although that's part of it, but in other words, to be with Him and to do. Every one of us, every single one of us, God has something He wants us to do. Do. That's not ozoning. God's got a plan for my life. Yeah, He does. Every person has an assignment for us. Well, I'm not doing anything. Well, that's a hindrance to God working in your life. So I don't know what to do. (laughs) Well, I understand that. There was a time when I didn't know what to do. And uh, and I didn't have a clue. (laughs) At one point, closer I got to Him, and I started worshiping Him, worshiping Him, all by myself. Get down on my knees. I lift my hand. I said, praise you, Lord. I started doing that. And I didn't even know what was happening. But I started knowing. I started knowing what I was supposed to do. But I didn't even know all of it. 
And I knew part of it. And I would know. God wants to do something to me. And then I followed that for a while. I kept following that. Kept following that. Kept knowing a little bit more. A little bit more light. A little bit more light. A little bit more light. Ended up in Bible school. And I realized, ooh, I'm starting to see what the Lord wants me to do. But it was real generic. Ministry. So I kept following that, kept following that. Trained, and I was trained. <laughs> now I had diploma. <laughs> I had, you know, credentials. Still didn't know what to do. Except in a general way. So, so well, what did you do? Well, I put my hand to stuff. I put my hand to serving. I put my hand to any opportunity that I was afforded. Serve. Just don't sit. Can't, it's hard to steer a parked car. So get moving. So I served. I said, did you serve in something you were called to? I, I was just called to serve. What well, did it matter? I said, did you like it? It wasn't about that. It wasn't about whether I liked it or not. Hmm. Oh, yeah, we're in America. We don't do things we don't like to do, huh? <laughs> I'm not comfortable doing that. So, get up off the dirty road and get into the city. <laughs> in other words, got to get moving. So I served, and I acted, and I did, and I continued to be with the Lord and fellowship with Him. And guess what? Uh, I knew. And at first, I didn't even like what I knew. I didn't. I thought, I don't want to know that. But I knew it on the inside. It's like, ah, ah, what do I do with this? Well, what do you mean, what do I do with that? All of what God wants to do in me is contingent now upon me doing, with, doing the right thing with what I know. If I know to do something and I don't do it, I just stopped what God wants to work in my life, which is everything. Now, say, what could that affect? It can affect my health. It can affect my finances, my emotion, my future family. It can, it can affect other people around me. I mean, think about it. To what degree is someone else impacted by my obedience? I know that my walk with the Lord is impacted by it. If I ignore what he says, we're not going to walk close together. We can't if we're not in agree. If we don't agree, it's going to affect this. Not not the Lord kicks me out of his family. It's going to affect our our relationship, our fellowship with with each other. If I ignore him, it's also going to affect whoever is in my pathway going forward. If I don't do right with what I know to do. I don't know how many people I'm going to run into as I obey Him. Now I just influenced all of them by my absence. In other words, God put a gift of grace in me, and all the people I'm supposed to connect, uh, you know, connect with along the way have just missed out on what that gift was supposed to do. And so, I don't know, it gets, just gets really interesting to think about... Uh, this massive web of what God's doing, how we all have a part, and how we shouldn't take it light. Because, you know, we should all not only be obedient to the Lord, we need to stay 
in obedience to the Lord. Well, I did that for a while, but then it just didn't work out. Uh, there, there's, important, there's an important thing called staying in your place. When God sets you somewhere, you're not supposed to leave because you don't like it anymore. Well, God, God gave me this job, but I, I didn't like the person I was working for. Did God give you the job? Did He tell you as soon as you don't like someone, you should quit that job? You know, God God sent me this wife, and and uh, and. Uh, <laughs> And I thank God. I thank God for her and everything else. But you know, irreconcilable differences. No, no, that's not the way it works. If God set this up, then you you stay in your place. Stay in your place. You know, if God's God sent me to this church, well, okay. The fact that you know that is helpful because when you are uncomfortable for some reason, you have to stay there. You do. You have to stay in God's place. Why? Because everything of God's provision and plan is connected to that then. Everything that God says for us to do becomes an essential part of our future. He wants to work in us because of that. He wants to use that, uh, whatever it is He said, to... For His grace to cause us to be what we are. And individuals will be influenced, right or wrong, based on whether we stay in our place. Hallelujah. So that's why I'm saying this. Uh, Let's be obedient to the Lord. We're spending time with Him. We're drawing close to Him. Some like never before. Never before. I don't know that every day you're you're in your every day of your life with the Lord, the Lord's going to tell you some major thing to do. Probably not. A lot of it's just enjoying life and enjoying being with Him and enjoying His favor and blessing. But in the midst of it, no doubt there will be times when He says, "Do this, do this, do this." Say, well, "What about me? I I know what you're talking about, and and I would be the first to raise my hands. I missed it." He has told me to do things, and I didn't do it. Am I, am I, is my life messed up now? Well, this is where we trust in God's uh, forgiveness and restoration. And He has a way of bringing things back together. Say, so what if Saul would have disobeyed the Lord here and then obeyed Him a week later? I can't answer that. It probably would have disrupted things. But God probably would have figured something out, you know, and still used him. And just like if you've missed God, we've all missed God. So obviously the, the kicker here is not that you have to do everything perfect and never miss it or God's plan is totally thrashed. All right. But that is not to negate the fact that when we know something, we do it. When we know something to do, whether it's written, written word or God directs us on the inside, or gives us a word through the pastor, or gives us a word through another person, we, we acknowledge that. We say, yes, Lord, I'm going. I'm doing. I'm acting on that. Praise God. Our future is hanging in the balance. Praise God. Ready for this verse? Man, I could, we could teach the whole chapter, but we probably won't. Saul, King Saul was uh, 
told to um, attack Amalek. And verse 3, he was told to utterly destroy all that they have and not to spare them, but basically to wipe out the nation. I know there's questions sometime in the Old Testament why God would tell someone to obliterate a, an entire nation. Um, there's reasons for that. If you don't understand, just trust God. All right. Uh, but uh, there are reasons for that. Sometimes one of the reasons for that is, is some of these nations were so very wicked beyond our comprehension. Wicked. Demonic. I mean, stuff you could not talk about. If you study history, we definitely couldn't say it in public. And, uh, and just into some really bad stuff. And God, you know, there's a time when enough is enough. And the world needs to be spared this, this group. Because they'll be like, uh, you know, leaven. Leavening the whole loaf. Uh, there was a time, you know, before, before Noah's flood... And God said, uh-uh. You think about it. There was not even any law back then. No law. So it wasn't law driving them into sin. It was, it was, it was sin nature. And they had no rules. God was dealing with grace. But he said, all right, we've got we've to take care of this. We're never going to be able to save the human race if we, don't, if we don't take care of this now. And so <laughs> here comes the water. Anyway, he told, he told Saul to do this. And... Uh, and Saul attacked them and, and, and wiped out most of them. Verse 9 says he, he spared Agag, that's the king, and the best of the sheep, the oxen and the fatlings, the lambs and all that was good, and, and were unwilling to utterly destroy them. But everything despised and worthless, that he utterly destroyed. So in other words, he's exalting his own thinking above the plan of God. God said, take them all out, animals, everything. Just done. And he decided, nah, I'm going to keep the king. You know, they can gloat and be shown victory as they humiliate the other king. And keep all their stuff. Keep all the good animals. Get rid of all the bad stuff. Just keep the good stuff. That makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, that does make sense. That's not what God said. Hmm. And, uh, and the Lord was not happy about that. Verse 11 says, he said, I greatly regret that I have set up Saul as king, for he has turned, he has turned back from following me. What do you mean following me? He disobeyed him, and the Lord said he's not following me anymore. So uh, he was talking to Samuel about this. It grieved Samuel. And uh, anyway, you go down through it. Samuel confronted him and said, why didn't, you, why didn't you obey the voice of the Lord? That's verse 19. And uh, Saul is basically saying, I did. I did everything the Lord said to do. Where does it where, where does it say here? Um, anyway, somewhere in he, here he said, "What what's oh it's back up in verse fourteen. He said, "What then is the bleeding of the sheep in my ears and the lowing of the oxen which I hear?" Saul saying, "I did exactly what the Lord said." And Samuel saying, "What's that sound? That doesn't sound like obedience to me. That sounds like sheep and oxen, and you're supposed to get rid of everything." And uh, down to, down to verse 22. So Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. Now, that's a popular, popular scripture or often quoted verse of scripture. 
But note that that's a truth with God. See, they would often have sacrifices after winning a war. Many times they'd sacrifice the other guy's animals instead of their own. <laughs> right? Because that way their own flocks wouldn't be diminished. And, and, and that's really not pleasing. That goes back to, uh, you know, what David said when he, when he said, I will not give to the Lord that which costs me nothing. It's a matter of heart. It's a matter. It's a difference here. But the Lord does not so please. Now I'm going to. We're not sacrificing animals and that kind of stuff. Thank God for that. Uh, uh, but how many know sacrifices are still something we do? The Bible says we offer up the sacrifice of praise. Remember the fruit of our lips, giving thanks, and those are honorable things to do. But what does the Lord want? Does He want us to come in and sacrifice our time and, and, and give Him praise? Or what would He want more? That or obedience? He still values obedience. And sometimes what we do is we want to we sacrifice something else. I'll do this. and I'll give here. I'll serve here. I'll pray more. I'll do all these things more. When the Lord simply wants us to do what He said for us to do. You know, Saul could have got up off the dirt road and said, you know what, I'm going to stop persecuting those Christians now. I'm going to go back and I'm going to serve in the, in the, in the temple. And I'm going to, well, that, that's fine, but that's not what the Lord said to do. Now, now, what if the Lord directs us? See, what I'm saying here is we've got to value the specifics of the direction of the Lord. Every word, every word that He says, I'm talking here. I'm talking specifics that he talks to us about in our time with him. We've got to value the specifics of what he says. You know, what if the Lord said, I want you to give a $20 offering? Well, a $10 offering does not do. Why? Well, I'll just get a smaller harvest. Not if it's by the direction of the Lord. That's disobedience. Does that make sense? Well, I mean, the Lord gave it, put it up to us. Well, fine, if it is up to you. And there are, no doubt the Scriptures teach that. You purpose in your own heart what to give, big or small, and you receive a return based upon what you purpose, large or small. But there are times when the Lord speaks to us. And when He does, it's not about the amount, it's about the obedience. It's not about what we give up. It's about what we do. It's about what the Lord says. Praise God. Remember Isaiah said, I think it's the first chapter of Isaiah, uh, the scripture says, um, those who are willing and obedient shall eat the good of the land. Willing and obedient shall eat the good of the land. Now, again, that, that might cause some to question, well, don't we eat the good of the land by grace? Isn't it, by, isn't it all by the grace of God? What, what do you mean obedience? Obedience is faith. That's what accesses God's grace. That's what accesses His abundance. It is not that in the new covenant, now we sit back and do nothing. Now we act on the provision that's been given, provided for us, and that causes it to manifest in our lives. Amen. Say, if I don't obey, then I don't get. If, if I don't squeeze the lever on the, the gas pump, the gas nozzle, no gas will come out. I can say, how come they won't give me any gas? You must squeeze the nozzle. Then the gas will come out. There are truths in God's kingdom where He will say, do this, then this will happen. Yes. 
Well, not in the new covenant. It just happens. No, it doesn't. It's all made available. It's all offered. It's all provided for. There is something about acting. Remember in our believers meeting last week? We were talking about this yesterday. But at one point, you know, we were talking about rejoicing and, and, and praising God even at the midnight hour. And at one point, we all started to shout and dance. And as soon as we did, moments after that, the anointing came in here in a different way. And all of a sudden, God began to speak through prophetic utterance. Why then? Say, I mean, God's grace is God's grace and it's always, it has to be accessed. And God directs us, tells us what to do so that we enter into what he has for us. Obedience is key. If I, what, what if I don't ever take time to worship him? Then I'll miss out on the benefits that come through doing that. Even though God is with me always. If God is seeking such to worship Him, then when I worship, and only when I worship Him that way, will I receive what He wanted to do in my life when I did that. I know that's not overly complicated, but sometimes it's the simple things that we miss. Hmm. So whether we're talking in service, whether we're talking about in our private lives, in our on the job, wherever, in our families... Obeying God is so important. If He stirs your heart to do something, then you just know. Then just do it. Then just just do it. Because that will access what He wants to do in your life. If you ignore it, you're not kicked out of the family. You're still loved by Him. Just not entering in. Just not entering into His fullness. Amen. Praise God.